everyone, you're welcome to Christian Therapy Podcast. It is your host, Aisha Verano, and let's get into it. So we're still on lessons from Proverbs. Guys, don't worry, we're rounding up lessons from Proverbs soon. So we're still in lessons from Proverbs, um, but we're rounding up soon, so we should be done with lessons from Proverbs this month. How exciting! But in any event, it's been such an amazing time learning from the book of Proverbs. There's so many nuggets, practical nuggets that help us in our day-to-day lives. So I hope that you guys have enjoyed the series as much as I have. Um, Because as much as I'm teaching it, it's also been amazing listening and learning as well. All right, let's get into it. So Proverbs chapter 26, I'm going to start from verse 4 today. Um, and I think once I start from verse four, you understand why, just because there's such a huge focus on someone the Bible refers to as a fool. And I want to make sure that we get enough context for it. Okay, so let's read from verse four. And today I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation, my favorite translation in the world. Anyways, we move. Don't respond to the words of a fool with more foolish words or you will become as foolish as he is. Instead, if you are asked a silly question, answer it with words of wisdom, so the fool doesn't think he's so clever. Hmm. Interesting. Don't respond to the words of a fool with more foolish words, or you will become as foolish as he is. Instead, if you are asked a silly question, answer it with words of wisdom, so the fool doesn't think he's so clever. Have you ever met people who would be like, oh, this person is a fool, but let me give them a piece of my mind. Let me this, this, this. Or you hear people say, oh, I had to stoop so low to respond to that person. No, no, no. You ain't got to stoop so low to respond to anybody. You don't got to stoop so low to respond to a fool. The fool, you need to respond with words of wisdom so that... The fool knows that he's the fool and you you aren't you aren't the one. There's no reason for you to be on the same level as a fool because that just makes you a fool as well. And so sometimes we feel like when we're in disagreements or arguments, we need to come the way that person is coming at us. No, you are allowed to be different in your response. You are allowed to take the better approach. You are the one with the wisdom. You are the one with the Holy Spirit. So your response to other people should be measured, should be different from the way someone would respond or come at you. Like, for example, in hindsight, I've had an incident where someone came at me like just crazily and I felt like I had to come back at them the same way they came at me. But in hindsight, and I can only say that today because of what I'm teaching today and like what God is teaching me in this moment um you know I should have handled it differently yes I wasn't in the wrong but I didn't have to take it there because she took it there I could have just said well you know I could have just played it and just said see the way you're acting I'm not going to go there with you it's out of line da 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 and that's that but instead i was like "Ooh, you want to shout at me all right let's see who can shout too and i just i gave it back um 
But in hindsight, I should have handled it differently because I'm the one with the Holy Spirit. I'm the one who is meant to be patient, kind. You know, I'm meant to be the one with the fruits of the Spirit. So my response to conflict should reflect that I have the fruits of the Spirit. And so that is something that, you know, the Lord is working in me and through me. But I thought it's something to share because a lot of people, you feel like because someone is coming at you a certain way, you have to match their energy but no you're the one that is different you don't gotta match nobody's energy if you match someone's energy and the person is a fool then you're a fool as well oh jesus the realization of that just got me straight to my chest anyways we're gonna keep on reading six if you choose a fool to represent you you are asking for trouble it will be as bad as you it would be as bad as cutting off your own feet. Wow. When I read this, I was like, wow, it's talking about discernment. It is important that you know who people are. You can't just have someone speak up for you, represent you and stuff. When you don't know the person, you don't know who they are as, as a person. The Bible says it would be as bad as you cutting off your own feet. Like, I don't know what else you want to hear on that. But imagine that. It's like asking some random person that does not have the skills, does not have the discernment, does not have the wisdom to represent you. It's like asking for trouble, basically. And then verse 7, you can never trust the words of a fool, just like a crippled man can't trust his legs to support him. This is so true. If someone is a fool, you can't trust them. That is literally it. They would say something and do another. They do not have integrity. There is no integrity when it comes to fools, you know. So it is important that you have the discernment to know to know what when you're dealing with a fool. That's the first thing. Because the Bible also still says that if you give honor to a fool, watch it backfire like a stone tied in a slingshot and then verse 9 says the statements of a fool will hurt others like a thorn bush brandished by a drunk and then if we move forward to verse 11 someone might be thinking okay how am i going to know a fool this is one of the ways fools are famous for repeating their errors like dogs are known to return to their vomits. Fools are famous for repeating their errors. Uh, like dogs are known to return to their vomit. Have you met anyone or are you that person where you do something. It doesn't work. You do it again. It doesn't work. You do it the exact same way again. It doesn't work. It's like honey. It is foolishness to do the same thing over in the same way, expecting different results. If it hasn't worked thus far, then perhaps it's time to change your tactic. Or you see someone who is like, okay, they did this thing wrong. You corrected them, right? They do it again. You corrected them. They do it again. They do it again. They do it again. It's almost like, they're not even trying to change or make amends. They are just like, well, it is what it is. And, you know, I'm going to do it again. Or 
you correct them and they're like, oh, that's how I am. That's behavior of a fool. What do you mean that's how you are? Anything that you've learned can be unlearned. So yes, it might not be easy. Yes, you might fall a few times. But you would be someone who did something wrong as opposed to someone who's doing the same thing they do over and over again. For me, when someone corrects me about something, I take it on board and I'm like, okay, I need to watch that. So next time I'm a lot more cautious about how I act in that same scenario. Now, at there times where I might do something and then I'm like, oh my God, that, that just, and then I catch myself in the moment. Yes, absolutely. Especially when it's something that's become part and parcel of you, right? However, if you are one of those ones where it's like one thing, you are is predictable when it comes to going back to exactly what you've done wrong and doing it over and over and over and over again you're a fool that's what the word of god says i'm not making it up honestly i'm not that is what the word of god says and that that's pretty much what that is and so if you're that person you need to be able to learn from your mistakes you need to be able to learn from your errors don't be that person that will continue to repeat their errors over and over and over and over again it is not beneficial for anyone to be like that it really isn't that is not who you've been called to be you should let the word of god transform your mind that's one of the things it's like for me one of the be- huge benefits that i get which is because the only reason i get that benefit is because i've come to a point where it's like even if i believe something to be true and the word of god is telling me it is not true then guess what i do i adjust my mindset i adjust myself to think in the way the word of god says i should think not that i suddenly try to change the word of god or interpret it to what makes sense for me i say that because like i feel like a lot of people do that when it comes to the word of god they're just like they explain it into a way that works for them it's like the bible is like oh flee from sexual immorality next thing somebody will be like well sexual immorality does not involve masturbation it does not involve pornography like honey the bible says flee from sexual immorality you know and so that's one of the things i've noticed right it's like someone would try to make the bible fit into their life instead of make turning the their life into trying into making sure their life fits into what the bible says it does so with people like that that's why they continuously repeat their errors because they're not letting the word of god transform who they are anyways we move so verse 12 the bible says there is only one thing worse than a fool and that is the small conceited man always in love with his own opinions so think about it the bible has gone on and on and on about the fool but then says that there's one person that is even worse than that a conceited man who is in love with his own opinion so don't be that person anyways let's move on to verse 13 and now it's talking about lazy people 
So verse 13, the lazy loafer says, I can't go out and look for a job. There may be a lion out there roaming wild in the streets. <laughs> First of all, you're reading that and thinking, what does that have to do with anything? But the truth of the matter is when someone is lazy, they find excuses over and over again. They find excuses as to why they can't do this thing, why they can't do that thing. It's almost like, yo, just get up and do something. they're just like they make excuses for every single thing you could be talking about a cow and they're like oh my god cows are in short supply i can't go and find you a cow like honey go out first find the cow or at least try to find the cow but instead they make excuses for everything they're trying to find a job they would come and tell you oh you know it's so hard to get a job there is so much competition out there i know that to be true but still go out and try to look for a job don't don't do not try you know what some people do is they don't try and then they complain it's like you're not looking for a job but then you're complaining i'll give you an example i've had um an encounter with something someone like that who did not want to work but would say she wanted to work and so when I would give her various ideas for things that she could apply for and various jobs that she could do and various ways to sort of make money that she could do, she was like, yeah, yes, yes, I'll look into it. And in my mind, I'm like, fam, I've given you the facts. Look into it now. Get on it, right? But what I noticed is she did not want to work. She wanted to be a kept woman that was the reality but i didn't know that when i was giving her all these opinions i thought she was going to run with it but then when i realized that months pass no one is doing anything she's not running with it i realized that she was lazy she wanted to be kept and that was that she just didn't want to do anything it's like you see me you talk to me and you're like oh i want to find out more you know how do you do this how do you make this money how do you do this and then i spend time encouraging you telling you ways to get around it and ways to do things and then but you're not doing that so to me i'm like oof that is not a good sign but instead you'll make excuses like oh you know the market is do something just do something right anyways let's keep reading verse 14 as a door is hinged to the wall so does the lady man keep turning over hinged to his bed so it's like you're meant to go out and look for a job instead you're in bed i've heard stories of people who they don't have a job but they would wake up early get dressed and sit down and apply for jobs they would get dressed in the work outfits they're trying to work their faith they're not laying in bed being like oh god one day i'll get a job no they're getting up and moving so if you're one of those who you have things to do but you'd rather stay in bed doing nothing that's not right now do i know that occasionally you might feel tired and you might not want to do it that's absolutely fine as long as it does not become a pattern as long as it does not become this is who you are you know not going to do anything just lay in bed and you know 
you know, run left center and turn over a few times, but do absolutely nothing. Verse 15, there are some people so lazy that they won't even work to feed themselves. Wow. That is exactly what I was saying. You know, some people just want other people to take responsibility for their day-to-day life. And it's like, if you do that, you're a lazy person. You need to be able, in the very minimum, be able to work to feed yourself. As a basic man. Now, no one is telling you, you know, to be out here and try and be like Dangote on a Ted Dollar and, you know, Bill Gates or whatnot, right? No one is telling you all of that. If you don't want to, that that's, that's up to you. But in the very barest minimum, don't be a menace. Don't be a parasite is what we're saying. So make sure that at the very, very minimum, you're working to feed yourself. All right, verse 16, a self-righteous person is convinced he's smarter than seven wise counselors who tell him the truth. Honestly, this is such an important point because the Bible says in the multitude of counsel, there is safety, right? And so when you are making certain decisions, it's important to consult wise counselors now it is very very important wise counselors not random people who don't know god not random people who don't have you know any understanding of who god is or who don't have the holy spirit <sighs> sorry i had to yawn guys i'm tired anyways a self-righteous person is convinced he's smarter than seven wise counselors who tell him the truth so if you're that person who seven wise people are telling you something and then you are like no i'm convinced i'm smarter than all of them no it's what i say that will go it's like you are first you are conceited but you're the only one who thinks you're smarter than these seven people who are trying to tell you the truth you're talking about seven people who have the holy spirit are telling you the same thing but you you think something completely different it's like you then you need to check yourself where where did i go wrong where did i go wrong okay let's move on to verse 18 to 19 the one who is caught lying to his friend who says i didn't mean it i was only joking can be compared to a madman randomly shooting off deadly weapons wow don't be that person that is lying to your friend. Your friend is there to be able to support you, but keep you accountable. So don't be out here lying to your friend. Don't be like a madman shooting off dead arrows. Lying to your friend is tantamount to being that person doing that. It's like you can't be lying to the person that can help you. It doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't because at the end of the day, your friends should be there for love, support, accountability. So if you're lying to them, you don't get the love. You don't get the support. You don't get the accountability. So what are you getting? You're getting the love on your own terms. You're not getting any correction. So what's that about? Anyways, verse 20, it takes 
it takes fuel to have a fire. A fire dies down when you run out of fuel. So quarrels disappear when the gossip ends. Add fuel to the fire and a blaze goes on. So add an argumentative man to the mix and you will keep strive alive. Hmm. This is such an important point. Have you met people where the conversation isn't even an argument yet, but they had so much fuel to the fire? It's like they just keep throwing dabs, darts, left, right, center. And you're like, wait, why do you keep fueling the fire? They just, they say stuff and it just goes left real quick. It's like when there's a disagreement and then there's someone that is argumentative, you just realize that everything just escalates. Don't be that argumentative person. Be that person when there is strife that you are the peacemaker. You're the one trying to calm the situation down. If any of you watch Ladies Who List, right? It's a, it's a show called Ladies Who List Atlanta, right? And if you watch that show, there is this lady on there called Crystal. And with Crystal, Crystal is such an argumentative slash add fuel to the fire sort of woman. It's like there was already a disagreement. Instead of trying to resolve it, she kept throwing darts. She kept, you know, making, she kept fueling the fire. She kept saying certain words that were very, very concerning that ended up increasing the argument and kept the argument going. And so it's very important that we're not that person that just jumps in stuff and like keeps the argument going. Be the one that once you get there, they know, oh, she's the peacemaker. She's going to squash this mess. That's who you're meant to be as a Christian. And okay, let's listen to the sponsored segment and then we'll be back with Proverbs chapter 27. We're back. Um, so yeah, we're going to be doing Proverbs chapter 27. I'm still using the Passion Translation and I'm going to start with verse 2. Let someone else honor you for your accomplishments for self-praise is never appropriate. Now, I've noticed that self-praise is something that a lot of people do, which is, yes, be confident, but you don't have to praise yourself at every given opportunity. So sometimes, I don't know if you've met people who, in every sentence, all they are talking about is their accomplishments, their businesses, what they've managed to accomplish and all these things. It's not appropriate. Let someone else do that for you. Let someone else brag about your accomplishments, right? let someone else do that. Now, if you're going to an interview where you are being asked to express your accomplishments, that's what you're there for. So please, by all means, go on about it, explain it, right? However, in regular day-to-day life, you're hanging with your friends. You ain't got to be bragging about your accomplishments. There is no need for all of that. Let someone else bring up your accomplishments, Now, I'm not saying like if you wanted to tell them, oh my God, guys, I bought a house. Thank God. Like, you know, sharing your testimony is different from self-praise. Self-praise is like, oh, I'm so wonderful. Do you, can you imagine I closed a $50 million deal just yesterday and it was my wisdom that got me through it? No, it was the Holy Spirit that got you through it if you're a Christian. 
you know you cannot take responsibility and you know you can't take responsibility for all of the good things that have happened in your life you're meant to direct all the glory and the praise to god it's not for you to be um, praising yourself as the person who is full of wisdom what the wisdom that god gave you all right let's move on to verse five it is better to be corrected openly if it stems from hidden love you can trust a friend who wounds you with honesty but your enemy's pretended flattery comes from insecurity and so this just reminds me of like when you have a friend who tells you the truth and then you get upset and then you don't want to speak to them again no a friend that is able to be honest with you is a friend that you should keep because most people will just be like i'm gonna just leave her to do what she's doing man and ignore it they will watch you do whatever you're doing even though it ends in destruction and say nothing but when that person is your friend and they're like yo i have to be honest with you even if it wounds you then that is a friend and that's someone you need to keep don't be one of those people who only want yes people around so you only have friends who are yes people when it's like oh let's do this yes let's go here yes let's sure those are the people you keep around just because it boosts your ego don't be that person you need to have a set of people who are honest who love you who care about you so they will correct you god loves us so he corrects us he doesn't just leave us to do whatever we want to do if it ends in destruction he's like no my child you are my child so i will correct you anyways let's go on to verse seven when your soul is full you will turn down even the sweetest honey but when your soul is starving every bitter thing becomes sweet this is so true it's like a perfect example is when you're hungry when you're hungry the food might not be good but when they bring the food you're like you i just want to eat whatever it is that is brought in that moment you're just like oh i'm gonna eat it up and then after you get through the phase of being hungry then you're like wait this food is crap what the hell was that what did i eat but that's the problem with that it's like when you're looking for money for example right and someone is like oh let's do this thing that is illegal to make some money because you are at a point where you are starving for this money you desperately need this money there is nothing that you would not do for that money and then that's how you get into trouble so it's important that even when you feel like you're starving remember your principles remember who god has been in your life and remember that he's your provider so whatever it is that you want don't get lured away by something that is bitter but because you need it it becomes sweet to you it becomes like honey to you you're like oh this is what i've been waiting for i'm gonna just take take it and repent don't be that person because you could take it now and it ends up in something even more disastrous than you were expecting so we need to be very very mindful of that verse 9 sweet friendships refresh the soul and awaking our hearts with joy for good friends are like an anointed like the anointing oil that yields the fragrant incense of god's presence wow sweet friendships refresh the soul and awaken our hearts with joy 
For good friends are like the anointing oil that use the fragrant incense of God's presence. Wow, that's just beautiful. I'm not even going to say too much about that. But when you have a genuine friendship with someone or people, you would have joy in your heart speaking to these people. It's like you just, your soul is refreshed. It's like after speaking to your friend, you're so excited, so energized, so inspired. Those are the sorts of friendships that you should keep. Friendships that make your heart full of joy. Not friendships that are so negative that after speaking to them, you have to go and cleanse yourself. No, those are not the kind of friends that you need. And so if we move on to verse 10, it says, So never give up on a friend or abandon a friend of your father. For in the day of your brokenness, you won't have to run to a relative for help. A friend nearby is better than a relative far away. Don't give up on your friends. Don't give up on your friends. Don't be that person that like pushes their friends away. And I know that because I used to be that person, which is like when I'm going through stuff, I just, I just, I'm just in my own closet. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to engage with nobody, nothing. And in that way, that's a way of pushing people away. But what I started to do was even when I'm going through that, let's say my friend called me on the phone on a day I was going through that and I watched the phone ring and I didn't respond. I would message them and just text them saying, "Hun, i I'm not feeling it today. I can't speak on the phone. Let's text or something like that. And that's a good way to get your personal space because in that moment you need it but not get to a point where you're giving up on, on your friends and just leaving them high, high and dry, okay? So if you are like me in that sense, you need to think of better ways to um, still keep your friendships, but be clear about exactly what it is. Do you know what I mean? Like if you need your personal space, just message them saying, thank you so much, my love, for calling. I missed your call. Say sorry. But today... I need some time alone. I'm just processing things in my mind and I'm not going to be any fun on the phone. Something simple like that. If they're your friend, they would love and support you and understand. Even if they wanted to speak to you, they will understand that you are not in the mood to speak. But yeah, let's move on to verse 12. A wise, shrewd person discerns the danger ahead and and prepares <laughs> and prepares himself but the naive simpleton never looks ahead and suffers the consequences so i've dealt with something similar to this in a previous episode so i will encourage you to go and listen to that if you haven't already okay co-sign for one you barely know and you will pay a great price another stupid enough to guarantee the loan of another deserves to have his property seized in payment guys be careful of who you guarantee their loan please like if you're going to be a guarantor for someone be very careful be and be double double certain that this person is not going to snake you and i don't know how you can me to be honest but i don't know man just know if you ever need me to guarantee the answer is no I don't do guarantees for nobody. Mm -mm. I don't do that. I will not be doing that. 
I would rather give you some of the money than guarantee a loan for you. Okay. All right. We move on. Do you think you're blessing your neighbors when you sing at the top of your lungs early in the morning? Don't be fooled. They will curse you for doing it. Now, this is funny because like you'd be leaving at the house and then you'd be doing all sorts of wild things and then you're so loud and your neighbor can hear you like let's be considerate man let's be considerate like for me some days i want to sing right but i'm like ah, singing quietly because i'm like you i don't want to disturb anybody but yeah and some days i'm like you guys you guys be playing loud music today i'm gonna disturb you <laughs> but i really shouldn't be doing that but yeah um it's just when the petty the petty part of me is trying to rise and i'm like no 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 but yeah, it'd be like that sometimes, man. But yeah. So we're going to continue reading from verse 18. Tend an orchid and you have fruit to eat. Serve the master's interest and you will receive honor that is sweet. Now, the part I really want to focus on is the serve the master's interest and you will receive honor that is sweet. When you have a job and your boss has particular interest, when you do your job, bearing in mind what your boss's interests are, you will realize that you would receive honor, you receive recognition for what you're doing because it's like you can see and anticipate the needs of your boss. It's, it's a different way of just being an employee than an employee that actually sees what the what the boss is trying to achieve and helping them achieve that the best way to get a promotion the best way to get to the top is by seeing where there is a need and meeting that need so if your boss's interests are a certain you know a certain kind and you do your duties bearing in mind what your boss's interests are you just realize that you will thrive in that place and you will come to the top. You would rise to the top because no, no one would be able to keep, keep you to the ground ever because the boss will realize that, wow, this person is serving my interest. This person I can trust with my interest. This person understands what I'm trying to achieve with the business. So naturally, your boss would want to favor you. That's just how he goes. Okay, verse 21, fire is the way to test the purity of silver and gold, but the character of a man is tested by giving him a measure of fame. I'm sure you guys have already heard people say fame is a drug um, or fame is an amplifier, the same way money is an amplifier. The best way to know who someone is, is give them some fame or give them some money. Once they have fame or money, then their character, their true character will be revealed. The person who you think is so honest and kind and calm and sweet doesn't yet have money. So you don't know for sure. When they have money, you would see whether they're honest, they're humble, they're kind, they're sweet, as you've always seen, or whether it's all an act. Money is an amplifier. Money will amplify whatever character you had that was on the inside. Same as fame. That's how when you see people that are that suddenly become famous, you're like, oh my God, you have changed. But why, why do you think they've changed? It's because they haven't changed. Their character 
has been brought to the, the true character was brought to the surface because of fame. Before they were disguising. That's what that was about. They were fooling everyone and themselves. But once they had money, it's like, yo, this is who I am. You know, so let's let's be mindful of that to make sure that we have a good character deep down. It's not about the fame. It's not about the money, irrespective of the fame or money. Our character should be who we truly are. And, you know, if there are gaps in your character now, don't think fame is going to fix it. Don't think money is going to fix it. They won't. They will amplify it. So whatever you have now is going to be times 1,000 when you have fame and money. So that's why it's so important that you have a good and solid character in this moment, even whilst you're not yet as rich and famous as you want to be. All right, let's move on. You can't beat a fool half to death. Oh, actually, I'll read that again. You can be a fool half to death and still never beat the foolishness out of him. To me, when I read this, I was like, do you know what? This is so true. A fool is a fool until they decide to embrace knowledge, right? So beating them is not going to change it. You can people that even believe in like all this physical discipline and stuff you discipline physically 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 and nothing changes what do you think is going to happen nothing is changing because that person does not want to change beating them is not going to change them knowledge is what will change them and so until they decide to embrace knowledge they will not be corrected that is just the reality of the situation. So don't waste your time beating a fool. The best you can do is correct them and try to teach them how to embrace knowledge. That is it. That is all you can do for a fool. Don't waste your breath. Don't waste your energy trying to beat a fool into submission. That's not going to work. Verse 23. A shepherd, pays, a shepherd should pay close attention to the faces of his flock. And hold close to his heart the condition of those he cares for. I really love this because it just makes me think of people who are in leadership positions. You could be in a leadership position in church, wherever it is that you are. You need to pay close attention to your flock. It is so important. You need to think about what is their heart like. Are they okay what is going on with them? Don't be that person who only speaks to them to invite them to church. Don't be that person. Be a person that pays close attention to what's going on with them. When you see their faces, you know that something is wrong. And you inquire to find out what's wrong. You inquire with love to find out what's wrong. Don't be that person that is so self-absorbed that you don't know when something is happened to, happening to your sheep. Pay close attention. If you are a leader, you need to pay close attention to your to your to your members, to your followers, to your sheep. So that you know when one of them goes astray. Or you know even before they go astray, know when they're starting to consider going astray. Okay, verse 25 to 27. 
take care of your responsibilities and be diligent in your business and you would have more than enough an abundance of food clothing and plenty for your household well take care of your responsibilities be diligent in business and you will have more than enough an abundance of food clothing and plenty for your household don't be lazy you have to be diligent to get to reap the fruits to reap the harvest to be able to provide don't be that lazy person who is like oh i can't do it today not today not today not today no do what you need to do be diligent in whatever it is that is your responsibility that you've been given even if you are a cleaner be diligent don't hide dirt in the corners where no one can see it don't hide the dirt under the chest of drawers so no one can see it no go under there and clean it don't do a lazy job be diligent take care of your business And people will start to notice how much effort you put into what you do. How you still do it in spite of the fact that no one is looking. And that's where I'm going to end today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I want to encourage you to actually go back and read the Proverbs for yourself so you can read the scripture and see exactly what the scripture says. Thank you so much and I will see you next week. Take care. Bye.